Grace, mercy, and peace unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today's gospel reading is an easy one to dismiss, honestly, right? It's the temptation of Jesus, and it's easy to dismiss because we think that the temptations that Jesus was encountered with are not really the temptations that we deal with today. Furthermore, the temptation of Jesus we tend to dismiss outright a lot of times because Jesus is God. Therefore, this, these temptations we presume were a cakewalk for him. But know this with certainty, that Jesus did indeed feel and experience the fullness of these temptations. And the temptations that he was faced with are temptations that we are faced with on the daily. So let's look at the essence of these temptations that Jesus was, look, was facing, beginning, obviously, with the first temptation. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, it is worthwhile to note here that these events are taking place right after Jesus was baptized. Right from the beginning, Jesus is marked and is targeted by the devil as the Son of God. After all, the heavens were opened and the Father spoke, saying, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. That is what baptism does. Baptism marks someone who is a child of God. And as one who is marked in such a way, the devil will, will strike hard and viciously to try to cause that one to fall with all sorts of temptations. As a child of God, the devil would love to bring shame and dishonor to the family of God and to the whole entire church. Therefore, the devil is taking the same opportunity to attack the head of the church being Jesus himself, trying to make him fall before his ministry even begins. And the devil is going to use every trick in the book, just as he does with us. He will try to use human passions to tempt us, and even Jesus, to sin, just as he did with our forefathers and our, our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden. And what better human passion to use than that of hunger, the same one that caused humanity's fall into sin in the first place. We all know hunger just after a few hours of not having anything to eat. And Jesus here had gone 40 days without any food, and he is on the edge of dying of starvation. There's not a kitchen nearby or a Jimmy John's that can quickly deliver a sandwich to him. There's no basement for him to retreat to to have a meal. And the only thing nearby are these rocks. And the devil knows that Jesus' body at this point is weak. He knows that Jesus needs to eat soon. And so the time to tempt him is in this very moment. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. 
the devil might as well has said this to Jesus. I see that you're starving there, Jesus. And God has not given you anything to eat. So take matters into your own hands. You have the power to do it. Turn these stones into bread and relieve yourself of all hunger. And that is just a temptation, right? To take matters into our own hands. We live in a society and a culture that encourages it. Our culture teaches us that there's only one person that we can rely on, and that is ourselves. Our culture even encourages indulging in a whole sort of things, even though God may not provide it for us. While hunger may be an indulgence for some in the world, for us it could be relations with someone who is not even our spouse or even desiring relations with someone um, even, even having a spouse. It could be starting a rumor about someone so that we may seem better than they are and get the promotion and pay raise at work. Or leaving our duty to go do someone else's job because the person whose job it is, well, they're just not doing it. We are tempted all the time to take matters into our own hands, even though God has not ordained for us to have such things. Jesus responds to this temptation in quoting Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The scriptures are indeed the spiritual food that help nourish the life and faith in Christ Jesus. Scripture helps us to understand that these things in this body and life are not the end-all and be-all. Scripture knows that God provides all things for his people. And he provides the deepest need for us all. Jesus himself, who is the word of God incarnate. Jesus is the bread of life that we eat, and in him do we have all that we will ever need. Instead of taking things into our own hands, we hand such things over to him, who can resolve all our problems of this body and life, because he has overcome all things in this body and life, in his life, death, and resurrection. We are without any need or want because he provides it himself. Therefore, we can take heart in the fact that we do not need to take matters into our own hands because Jesus has taken all things into his hands. Now, the second temptation is different from the first. The devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus is being tempted in making a big scene in the middle of the city of Jerusalem, right? Right in the place where there would be the most people to see. 
He's tempted by the devil to jump off the temple and to prove that he is who he says he is. And the devil even beat Jesus to the punch this time in quoting scripture. He gives Jesus a reason to jump so that Jesus could be justified in showing off who he is. But Jesus does not give in. There's no reason for Jesus to prove that he is who he says he is in this way. There will be many things that will occur in his ministry that will testify that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. Drawing attention to, attention to himself will not achieve this. After all, Jesus had just heard in his baptism, uh, with John and others witnessing, that Jesus is the Son of God of whom the Father is well pleased. The Father will glorify the Son. Jesus doesn't need to prove who he is and justify himself. How often do we feel that we have to justify ourselves and prove who we are? Too often we may think that we must do and be done, and too often we may think that we do what must be done and have our own ways of justifying it. Too often we like to draw attention to ourselves for approval and acceptance among others. We may even be tempted to prove that we are Christian and that we must prove that God exists through scientific evidence and the works that we do. The truth of the matter is there is nothing to prove. God will not be mocked. And he will not have his people as a reproach for the nations. He will glorify his church just as he has glorified Christ on the third day after his death. He will justify you. And that brings us to our third temptation. The devil came to him, brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. After failing in the first two attempts, Satan now goes right for the jugular, right at the heart of Jesus' ministry. He goes after the reason why Jesus became incarnate. Satan seeks to give Jesus that, that which he wanted. Satan was going to give Jesus all the nations, including you. And in doing so, Jesus wouldn't have to die to do it. He would not have to endure the pain and suffering of the cross. Satan was giving Jesus the easy way out. How often are we tempted with taking the easy way out? Instead of doing what is right and proper, we find a way to shortcut the task that we want. We are, after all, lazy and often trying to work smarter and not harder. We would avoid adversity at all costs just to keep the peace. But thank God that Jesus did not. 
Jesus did not find the easy way out of his mission. He came to save you in all the nations and to defeat Satan once and for all. These temptations were merely a skirmish before the great battle was to come. Jesus was going to win on the field of victory that the Father would grant him. And he would do so in the most unlikely of ways. He would defeat Satan by his death. Because of Christ's death, the devil cannot touch you. Satan cannot take away your crown by mere temptations and sins. Nothing can take away Christ's victory that he has won and given to you. Even though it may feel as though the temptations that we, are, that we succumb to daily can separate us from Christ, the temptations ought to drive, the, drive us closer to Christ because in him we have the forgiveness of sins that removes the guilt of sin. When you are battling it out with your own sinful flesh and the devil who is tempting you, you can rest assured that Christ is by your side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit. And though all sorts of trials, sorrows, and temptations may come our way, that would tempt us to curse God, to take matters into our own hands and justify ourselves and take the easy way out. Yours is the victory, because your victory is in Christ Jesus. We just sang it today in our hymn of the day, A Mighty Fortress. Luther concludes our hymn in this way. The kingdom is yours forever. To Christ alone be all the glory, power, and might forever and ever. Amen and amen. In the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.